Welcome to the Real Men Talk podcast, brought to you by the Palace of Praise Church in Poplar Bluff. Here's your hosts, Anthony Kernut and Craig Reynolds. Welcome back to Real Men Talk, episode two. You're here with uh, Anthony Kernut and Craig Reynolds. What's, What's up, going on, fellas? So we, we kind of want to continue our talk from last week um, about the biblical definition of, of a man and and stuff like that. We had, we had a good conversation last week, and um, we, we kind of continue that in in what is what is a biblical definition of a man? What does the Bible say that a man is supposed to look like? That's kind of what we want to tackle with all the confusion and stuff like we talked about last week, um, all the confusion and, and the, the distortion of masculinity and stuff. What is it that, that we can 100% for sure look at and be like, okay, this should be what I'm, I'm supposed to do. You, you know, th- this, is, this is what I should, um, I should look like spiritually, even sometimes physically. One of those things is simply taking responsibility. I see it all the time in, in, in kids and stuff like that. They don't want to take responsibility for anything. Nothing is ever their fault. And part of being a man, even a, a biblical man, you look at somebody like David. I mean, David had to own up to his faults. And you know, there are consequences for, for the things that we do. And we need to own up to them. We need to take, take them to uh, understand that, that there are consequences to our actions. Because if nothing is ever our fault, then what is the need to correct our actions? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, you look at, uh, we talked about it last, uh, last week. One thing about uh, being a man, biblical definition of a man is leader. Right. Um, you know, back in the very beginning of, in Genesis, uh, God gave man, Adam, dominion over everything of all the, you know, creatures of the sea, you know, everything that crawled the earth, the birds of the air, you know, and everything that Adam named them, that's what it was. Right. You know, God had that relationship with man from the beginning. And you look at, um, I know we've talked about this before, but, you know, you look at the significance of, of a, of a Christian man in the home, it, you know, in our society throughout history. And, you know, the statistics of that, you know, is it, uh, what was it? I think it was if a child gets saved, then 18% are of the family. There's an 18% chance 18%, that the family will yeah, come to the Lord. 18% chance. A mother is, I think, 33 or 36% chance that the family will come to the Lord. But if a father gets saved, the, the man, the male, the leader, yeah. 93%. Right. So that shows you the significance of, of being a godly man. Right. Of the leadership that is instilled in man from right. the very beginning. Absolutely. And another thing that, uh, that you look at is the way men today are so passive. Yeah. You know, we, we talked last week about how, you, you know, it's, it's the men's fault. That, right. that It's the Christian man's fault that our world's in the shape that it's in. It is our fault. It is our responsibility. You know, we talked about, to, you know, own up responsibility. Um, but we have set back and been so passive. Yeah. And Jesus was not passive. Not at all. It, you know, there was, there was nothing passive about him, you know. And we have been irresponsible with our duties, Um you know, and be like, well, you know, it's in the name of love. We don't want to rock any boats. We don't, you know, it, it's all about love. Well, no, it's not. You know, it's about biblical truth. And and instead of standing up for biblical truth and rocking boats and flipping over tables, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying that we should go into our churches and yeah. flip over tables, you know, and nobody's making a call for violence. No. But 
to stand up in the ways that you can and be like, no, this is this is not right. You know, staying in the home, you know, you look at the divorce rate and different things yeah. like that. Staying in the home, you take responsibility for your marriage. Staying at home, raise your kids the way that they're supposed to be raised and take a responsibility for them children and teaching them the ways that they're supposed to be and stop being passive. And every time your kid gets upset because you're not friends with them and being like, oh, well, I guess, you know, I just don't want to upset them. You know, we want them to grow, you know, the way that they need to grow and da 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 da. No, stop it and step up and be the father. And here's the thing. I know we've talked about this as well. You know, I'm, I'm engaged. I'm not married yet. I don't have children. Uh, those are things I'm definitely praying for, you know, in the future. But just because you're not a father, just because you're not a husband, doesn't mean that you are a person that doesn't have influence. Anthony, I know you work in the school system. You have influence there as well as you do at home. You know, I worked in the kids ministry here at the church for almost two years. I had influence on them children. I have nieces, I have nephews, I have influence over them. I have friends, you know, that are around the same age. I have influence on them. Being a good godly influence around those people that you can be friends around. Right. And especially when it comes to our youth, because even from the outside looking in, just youth that know you, know that you're a Christian, maybe they aren't raised in a Christian home, being that godly example. Because here's the thing, either we teach them and train them or the world will. That's right. And the world is going to, it's not going to train them in the best way that they should go. You know, it's going to train them to, you know, have very shallow relationships. It's going to train them to uh, not be very, like we talked in last episode, not have very much respect for authority, not to have uh, very much respect and authority for uh, life. You look at abortion and the push and how that's became that now, you know, even at what nine at, at the time of birth, kids can still be aborted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's murder, you right. know, at any stage it's murder, but you know, even, and I mean, that's scriptural, that's scripture that, you know, there will be, you know, there won't be la- lovers of natural affection and different things like that. Um, and people's hearts will be waxed cold in the last days. Well, I mean, we're seeing that. So is it going to be us? Are we going to stand up, be the men we're supposed to be? and show them what it it means to have that godly compassion, godly love, and live that godly uh, life as men, or are we going to let the world do it? Right. And something, another thing that men don't understand, and I was a grown man before I really realized it, was that we are birthed with influence. It is in our DNA. There's nothing that we could do about it. If If you are a man, then you have influence. It doesn't matter, and it'll be either good or bad. When you, you could walk into a room and walk back out of that room and you will leave influence in that room. Yeah. Whether, you know, one way or the other. And a lot of men do not realize that it is the way we are bred. God designed us that way. We are men of influence. And a lot of people don't realize that. And so because they don't realize that, they don't take responsibility for their influence. You know, they don't, they don't lead anything. A lot of husbands today, they don't even lead their families. No. Their wives do because they've sat back and been so dang passive about everything. Yeah. You know, and not only are we to lead, but we are to lead courageously. We are to lead boldly. You know, our children need to know what is right and what is wrong, especially in today's age when they're going to, to school and being indoctrinated yes. by critical race theory and Marxist and all these different things. They need to know where we stand 
biblically as men, as fathers, what we represent, because that's the next generation. Yeah. And that's how we change things. Yeah, it was, uh, I believe it was Tony Evans um, I heard that said this, but, you know, he said when his children were in school that every day they would come home, him and his wife would sit them down, ask them what they learned, and then they would have to de-indoctrinate them, I guess it'd be the word. Right. You know, because the school was indoctrinating them with this worldly, satanic, might as well say, indoctrin- indoctrination. And so they had to decent you know uh decode all of that right you know and say no it's true you know, this you, you is know, what with, the bible says with, with somebody who's got you know i've got five kids in the school district right now yeah as early as uh third grade all the way up to you know my son's my oldest son is a junior today yeah um asking them hey what did what did you learn what do they tell you who Karl Marx is? What do they tell you about critical race theory? What do they tell you you know i, I ask them those questions yeah you know and when they when they answer and they have you know, I mean, here we are. We li- we live in the Bible Belt, Southeast Missouri, and and we deal with these things in our school districts. You know, Popper Bluff is not that big. I mean, we no. got what seventeen thousand, you know, twenty thousand people. Yeah, we've got fifty three hundred students, and, and and they are being indoctrinated. Yeah, you know, and if we don't tell them, if we don't pick up the the mantle and show them what a biblical man looks like, they will destroy everything that is masculine about them. Yeah. That's the truth. And, you know, if if people think that the youth are, are not one of the biggest targets of the oh, scheme yeah. that is going on right now, they're, they're, they're sadly mistaken. I mean, it is clear through the writings of Karl Marx. Uh, you look at a person like by the name of Saul Linsky, who yes. wrote Rules for Radicals. I mean, their target was youth to right. indoctrinate them. I mean, they indoctrinate them on on what to believe the view of marriage is, the view of, of how to vote, uh, right. of who to vote for, why to vote for them people. You know, I mean, it's an indoctrination. And when you look at our colleges and that age group, as as bad as it hurts me to, to say that they've been successful. They have been, yeah. They've been successful in their in their ploy to destroy uh, everything that is godly about America, and and that's that's what they're trying to do. They're trying. Not only are they trying to bring down the family, they're trying to, they're trying to bring down America. They're yeah. trying to destroy America. Everything that we hold dear to, Marxism, socialism, everything. One thing that is standing in all their way is the United States. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, it's God. Yeah, you know, God is He's using the United States to stand in their way yeah. in the church. Yeah, and yeah, uh, we are the restraining force as a church. Absolutely. Absolutely, you know, and and another thing that men fail to do, as we're finishing up this this biblical definition of man, and they don't they don't think anything about eternity. No, they have no investment in eternity. Not they at all. they don't they don't think twice about it. You know, where are your children going when they die? Yeah, where you know I, I see so many people, you know, so many men talk about you know well. I don't, I don't really want to get in church, you know, or, you know, it's not really for me. What about your children? Yeah. You see them take them to ball games. You see them, you know, do all this stuff. What about their souls? Yeah. Because well, it is the father. Uh, they're going to stand accountable. They're the priests of their home. That's exactly right. Yeah. That is exactly right. We are the priests of our homes. And if we don't do something, then eternity is lost to our children. They're, they're not going to end up in heaven. They're going to spend eternity in hell. And yeah. it's our fault. Yeah. You know, I heard a, clip of a sermon from I can't remember who it was but it was a pastor and he was preaching he said you know and he was preaching a sermon about heaven and hell and he said you know what would be 
worse than hell would be having one of your kids come up beside you in, in hell and saying, daddy, why didn't you lead us? Right. Why didn't you show Ooh. us the way? Mm. You know, I mean, could you imagine that? Yeah. That would be horrible for an eternity. You have to hear that torment and that scream or worse being in heaven, looking across the void and seeing your children in, in hell because you didn't stand up for what was right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's the, that is the cold, hard reality of it. It's exactly I mean, right. It, you know, we, we can't just uh, roll this. And like you said, you know, I know just in talking with people uh, and, and, you know, you invite them to church, you witness to them. Um, you, know, you know what, man? Maybe one day. I'll do it one day. Right. Well, you might not have one day. Might not. Our children may not have one day. Yeah. I mean, uh, unfortunately, but we see it all the time. We've seen it in this community multiple times. Uh, young people pass away. Uh, on a very regular basis. Yes. Uh, you know, it, it's an, it's an unfortunate thing, uh, but it does happen. You know, we've, we've allowed, I think a lot of it is a lack of priority. Um, you know, we've allowed putting uh, a lot of parents having their kids pursue sports and stuff. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with sports, but they're putting sporting events over church. They're, they're putting, um, you know, this certain criteria on their kids, you know, you, you got to make this level of on your grade or make this uh, GPA. You got to get into this college. You got to do this. You got to do that. And they're putting all this, but these kids can't tell you a Bible verse, right? They can't, they can't tell you any, any fruits of the spirit. They can't tell you any gifts of the spirit, you know, right. what's, what's more important, you know, exactly. A lot of it. And I don't even know if it's so much as priorities. I think they're just straight up being deceived. Yeah. You, you know, they don't they don't think about it. They, they don't think about it like like what you just mentioned, you know. Yeah. OK, so my my kid can hit a home run or, you know, he can hit, you, you know, he can score the most points in a basketball game or, you know, he, he's he's the fastest running back, at, you know, in his district or w- whatever. Yeah. But, you know, they they think about stuff like that because socially all that stuff is acceptable, you know, but where are they going when they pass away? Yeah. You know, whether it be, you know, heaven forbid that it be today. Yeah. But even 10 years from now, you know, or, you know, when Christ comes back, are they going to be left here? You know, are they going to have to endure, you know, the, the, the awful, tri- yeah. the, tribulation, the tribulation, you, you yeah. know, all the things that, that are going to come of the tribulation, are they going to have to do that? They, they don't think about stuff like that. And, and they have been deceived. They've been programmed and bought into this notion that, you know, hey, everything is, is tangible. Yeah. Everything's about what's socially acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, caught up in in a lot of the uh, materialism of the world. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the importance of a spirit-filled man. If you would like to be part of the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss modern, hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcoming common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being a spiritual leader in their homes and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come join the conversation. Welcome back to Real Men Talk. Uh, I'm your host, Craig Reynolds, and here with uh, co-host Anthony Kernut, vice versa, however you want to word it. But uh, we're going to go into the next uh, half of our segment here. We're going to talk about the importance of being a Holy Spirit-filled man. That's right. Um, along with, you know, just 
before the break, we were talking about, you know, the biblical definition of man. You know, and a lot of times people don't realize, they, they don't see the importance of, and I think that the same thing goes for the Holy Spirit. People, men don't see the importance of, of the Holy Spirit. They don't understand the Holy Spirit. They don't take the time to learn about the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is and how important he is to our our life and and detrimental to, to who we are as men, as leaders. And they don't understand who the Holy Spirit is. Right. Yeah, you know, and I know you, you look at uh, or speak to a lot of people that they may not be educated on who the Holy Spirit is and they're, but what they do, the view they do have, they're timid, they're scared of who the Holy Spirit is. He's going to send me to Africa. Yeah, yeah. But but here's the thing is, uh, the Holy Spirit's not going to make you do anything you don't want to do. Right. He's a, he's a gentleman. That's right. Uh, but, you know, I think you really want to, for this segment, I think we should really kind of just discuss who he is and, and the importance of, of the Holy Spirit. First of all, you know, the Holy Spirit, he is third member of the Trinity, right um he you know he is just as equally god as god the father and just as equally god as jesus christ <clears throat> right um it holds the same power holds the same power they are uh they are one in essence um he is he is no less or or um or any greater than the father or the son um and also one thing that i think is very mistaken when people talk about the holy spirit and i think they just do it because of ignorance they, it's not because of intentional but is they refer to the Holy Spirit as it or, right. or, you know, they kind of describe him more as a force. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is just as much a person as the father and the son. Uh, and you could see that in scripture, you know, Jesus said it, it benefits you that I will go. But when he talking about the Holy Spirit, when he comes upon, you know, he will lead you, he will guide you, you know, it's very personal. Funny story about that. You know, I was a grown man. I, I was I was sitting in in a Bible study class, and I heard this person, um, this individual, and they were talking about the Holy Spirit, and they referred to him as Holy Spirit, and yeah. they, they were talking like you know um, something along the line to you know well Holy Spirit compelled me, and I was like, oh, I've been saying it wrong this entire time, yeah, you know because I I was I was that way and not not out of disrespect yeah not out of you know it was just ignorance yeah it, you know and what and I was like I felt I I had to repent I felt so bad yeah you know I was like oh my goodness this entire time I've been referring to him as you know as the Holy Spirit no he is Holy Spirit he's Holy Spirit yeah. his name is Holy Spirit and he is part of the trinity he is who empowers me to 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 connect with jesus christ who connects me with god yeah. you know he he is is powerful and he is he he loves me yeah and he cares for me and i have been disrespecting him this entire time i think that he was he was loving and, and, and graceful in the fact that it was ignorance yeah you know oh, yeah. but now every time i do it i'm like oh no yeah. I, I wouldn't do that to jesus why in the world would i do that to holy spirit right and you, you, know, you look at even in the beginning, uh, first few lines of the Bible, it says that, you know, God created the heavens earth, and then, then it said that the spirit of God, I mean, from the very beginning, yes, God, the father, God, the son and God, the Holy spirit were all there in unison. Um, so that, I mean, he was there from the very beginning, you know, look at the baptism of Christ, right? You hear God talk, yeah. the Holy spirit come down in the form of a dove. Yeah. And you know, from there, you know, all three of the Trinity were there and, and, uh, and on display and that is just you know, it's amazing that just shows you the the harmony and the unity of god 
right. of all three members of the Trinity. Uh, but, you know, I think one thing I really want to hit on in this is what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? What right. does what does that mean? And, uh, you know, because that's something I think when people, when people, uh, you know, they, they hear that, you know, especially if they're not uh, been in a, you know, I say Holy Spirit filled church or service. Right. They, they get, they tend to get a little freaked out, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, any disclaimers, I'm going to go ahead and, and squash them now. The Holy Spirit will not make you bark like a dog. Right. The Holy Spirit will not make you slither like a snake. Okay. Those are, those are. He's not going to make you pick up a snake and see if it'll bite you or not either. Yes. You know that, I mean, come and, and you know, that's a, that's another work of the Holy Spirit is discernment. Right. You know, when you see those things, you know, the more that you progress in your walk with Christ and and your faith, uh, the more discernment you'll have to know, okay, yeah, this is not of God. Right. And, uh, and, and you know, uh, that's it's foolish when people say things like that or buy into those. But, you know, a lot of it's out of ignorance, too, I understand. But, uh, but yeah, I just want to kind of talk, what is the importance of being filled? What does it mean to be filled with right. the Holy Spirit? And there's a difference between salvation and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. I think that's a common, you, you know, yeah. uh, uh, mistake that people make. Yeah. Is, you know, well, you have to speak in tongues to be saved. No, that's not biblical. That's not, no. You know, when when you become saved, you have a portion of the Spirit that yeah. is in you. Uh, and then when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, when you are filled with Holy Spirit, you become filled with Holy Spirit. Yeah. And the the empowerment that comes with that is is the key note of why we need it. And why we need to be filled with Holy Spirit and right. why he is so detrimental to our lives. Yeah. Well, you know, like you said, there's there, there's some, I'm going to call them heresy, heretic doctrines out there that do say you have to speak in tongues to be saved. No, that that's a disclaimer too. Uh, the Bible is very clear. You know, you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. You know, right. for it's with the mouth that one confesses and with the heart that one believes under righteousness. But, um, you know, the being filled with the Holy spirit with Holy spirit is a separate act from salvation, but it, the Holy spirit. Now, if it wasn't for the Holy spirit, you wouldn't be saved in the first place because he's the one who draws you convicts you. He, he's the one that shows you your, your need for a savior, right? That he, he shows you your, your, uh, sin. Yes. He brings to light our sin. Right. And then even throughout our walk with Christ, when we stumble and fall into temptation, who is it that, that convicts you and show it's the Holy spirit It is the Holy spirit that says, okay, Hey, and it's not in a condemning way, you know? Right. And that's a, that's a, that's something we gotta, we gotta kind of dress. Cause I think sometimes that is a, it's a doctrine that's been preached that is not true. The Holy Spirit is not here to condemn you. The Holy Spirit right, is no. here. You know, he's like a, you know, like a father is like, hey, look, this is where you messed up. He puts his arm around you. This is where you messed up. Okay, this is what we're going to do to fix it. Right. You know, he's there to guide you, get there to there to help push you forward. You right. know, there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Absolutely. Conviction is of God. Yeah. The Holy Spirit convicts you. Yes. Condemnation is straight from hell. Right. And, and like you said earlier, you know, kind of going into the whole, you know, having the Holy Spirit in your life, what it means, you know, we've used this analogy before is you take a cup. Okay. And when you get saved, you get a, a little, a little bit of that water or, you know, the Holy Spirit in portion this, of it, a yes. portion in the cup, you know, 
Yes, with that portion, can you be effective? Absolutely. You can lead someone else to Christ. You can do this and that. Yes, and you're going to heaven. And you're going to heaven, absolutely. You're, I mean, you've been washed clean. You've been baptized into the body of Christ in a spiritual sense. Uh, but the more that you, you read, the more you're discipled, the more that you pursue God, the more that you, uh, your prayer life, you know, you spend in your prayer life, uh, things like that, the more that cup begins to fill. Right. Okay. And then when you, you know, you keep pursuing, keep pursuing, you're the more effective you become more, you know, the, the more knowledgeable you become, you know, in the word and prayer. But then, you know, there comes a point to where you're at the brim, you're at the top. So then the Holy Spirit has nowhere else to go. It just begins to overflow. Yes. That is when you are full of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, like I believe, I believe it's biblical. I know you believe it. The evidence of being full of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. That's right. Because at no, because at that point, there's nowhere else for the Holy Spirit to go. You're so full that it's the Holy Spirit is flowing from you. Right. And, and prior to that cup being filled, that's a great analogy, by the way, Craig. Um, the, prior to you were still saved you were still being effective you still yeah. have the holy spirit but being filled with the holy spirit you, you know and when that cup begins to overflow it, there's not anything that that you can do it is it is an involuntary action it's like breathing yeah um having the holy spirit speak through you you know the the tongues yeah. uh, you know and all these different things and people people when people look at tongues and, and they think about tongues they think about sitting in a service and tongues you know speak you know people yelling out in a service and, and then interpretations and that's that's not what we're talking about no you, you know this is this is an individual basis it's not yeah. for anybody else it is the spirit speaking through you yes you, you know in talking to god this is your individual prayer language yes yeah and and that's it and it sounds different for everybody and it it, it comes different for everybody but you are most effective through for the kingdom of god by being filled yeah with the holy spirit Absolutely. and he him working through you and guiding you and directing you and your your paths and everything and anointing your life um you, you know you look at, at somebody like like peter mm-hmm. you know and, and i may be getting ahead of us right now but but you know you, you look at like peter you know after after what happened in the upper room in acts 2 you, you know when they were when they were sitting up there in the upper room being filled with the holy you, you know they become filled with the holy spirit you know the tongues the fire on the heads you know all that stuff you, you look at, at at just later on down the the in chapter 3 when when Peter and John are walking by the gate called Beautiful, yeah, and you know he's he's saying you know silver and gold have I none you know any he, they heal them that was the that was the Holy Spirit walking Absolutely. through them and a, a lot of another misconception you look just prior after that you know after the beatings and this Peter preaching to him and all that stuff they go back and they get filled again again yeah you know and then you you see you continue on Peter's very shadow yeah heal people yeah acts you, chapter five right they, they 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 people are bringing them out to to put in, in, in a shadow and stuff like that and, and for the longest time craig i equated i equated the shadow as laying on of hands right you, you know what i mean like it was some kind of no peter walked by somebody but he was so full of holy spirit the holy spirit was so evident in his life yeah. That just walking by somebody, the Holy Spirit would spill out onto them and heal them. It was nothing about Peter except for being obedient through to the Holy Spirit 
and to Christ in in allowing allowing Holy Spirit to operate through him. Yeah, I, one teaching I heard a while back from uh, Pastor Jimmy Evans was the way he broke it down was amazing, and he talked about the three baptisms that we face as believers. When you first get saved, you first come to Christ. That is Christ, or that's the Holy Spirit baptizing you into the body of Christ. There is a spiritual uh, baptism that happens in the spirit realm that happens. That's when you receive that portion. And then, you know, following salvation, you know, we we do water baptism. That's just a outward expe- expression of the inward work. That itself does not save you either. Uh, but water baptism, you know, and not every believer uh, receives this, but it is something we should pursue is the baptism of the Holy ghost. And that is when Christ baptizes you into the Holy ghost. Right. And then you are so full of the Holy ghost that, like you said, that like Peter was so full of the Holy spirit that his very, the shadow, uh, healed somebody. And we like, we talked in, uh, in the last episode about influence, man, having influence. And like, when we go into a, a room or you know, business, whatever, that the atmosphere changes. If you really want to change an atmosphere, be a Holy Spirit filled man. Right. You, you want to make a difference, be a Holy Spirit filled man. You walk in that room and the Holy Spirit follows you in there. Yeah. And spills out on everybody in there. Yeah. You, you know, and, and you come out and everybody in there is changed, even if it's just a little bit, just because you walked into a room. Yeah. And not because you walked into a room, but because a spirit-filled man walked into the room. Right. You know, when you look back at um, Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, like we talked about earlier, and, you know, first I want to make one point on this is if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it comes out of obedience. Right. They came out of obedience. Originally, 500 people were supposed to be in that room. Ended right. up with 120. So those were, they were obedient. They were, they were patient. They, they hungered and thirst. The Bible says that those who are and thirst after righteousness will be filled. Um, right. They, they were in it for the long haul. Um, and then you see what happened. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And after that, the Bible says that those disciples in the upper room went and turned the world upside down yes. because they were, Jesus said, you know, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with the power of on high. You know, and he said, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you'll be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and the most parts of the world. The Holy Spirit comes to equip us, you know, to empower right. us to do the work and the will of God to fulfill the Great Commission, you know, right. uh, and, and to guide us and make us more like more like uh, Jesus in, in every walk that we, in every area of our lives, you know, to weed out the bad, to, to build us up in these areas. So, That's right. And I'll, I think a lot of people don't have an uh, understanding of what, the Holy Spirit, what Holy Spirit does in yeah. our lives. You know, he is right. an active force. Absolutely. You know, he is, it, it, the, the decisions that you make, you know, he's a guide um, to, to guide you into, into certain decisions. The, 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 the way that you think, the, the, the way the, the very, your very mind begins to, to coexist with the mind of God. Absolutely. Because of Holy Spirit. Right. You know, being a spirit filled man. And so it changes, it changes every dynamic of you when you become obedient and you surrender, which is a hard word for men to say. It is. Surrender to Holy Spirit and allow him to, to guide you and, and, and bring forth the anointing that Christ has in our lives. Yes. Yeah. Another thing people don't understand is that he's, a, he's, he's more than just an active force. He's our comfort. 
Absolutely. You, you know, yeah. because just because you get saved, just because you are filled with the Holy Spirit, just because you're a spirit-filled man, doesn't mean that bad things don't happen. Oh, doesn't yeah. mean that you don't encounter. I mean, look at Paul. Yeah. You know, shipwrecked <laughs> and snake, you know, snake bit and, you know, uh, beaten and imprisoned yeah. and all this stuff. It doesn't mean bad things aren't going to happen to you. It means that you are able to bear through it because the Holy Spirit is is active in your life. Absolutely. And, and you know, I was going to say this is being being full of the Holy Spirit is more than just speaking in tongues. It's more than just prophesying. Right. It is where Holy Holy Spirit comes in and has complete control of your life yes. where, you know, it changes the way, you, you know, it, he changes the way you talk, the way you think, you know, uh, when, usually, what you know, before Christ, when you would get mad in a certain situation, now all of a sudden you have that, that, that patience, that temperance to where, you know, you, you think rational before you make a decision, before you, right. you react and, yes. and blow up, uh, you know, it, Holy Spirit makes you more compassionate. He softens your heart. The Holy Spirit, he'll, he'll crack any, the hardest vessel. Yes. You know, uh, who's willing. Right. You, you know, they're, surrender. There's surrender. There's a, there is a, um, a part that we have to do on our, on our, our end. Um, and you know, like we talked about in the last episode being, uh, the biblical definition of man. And then now being, um, Holy Spirit filled man, it, it equips us to not just be, hearers and sayers of the word, but he equips us to be doers of the word. Right. And that's, that goes with being a biblical man, not just saying it and not just hearing it, but actually doing it. Right. And, and it is the Holy ghost that equips us to do that. Great commission said, go, go, go. Ye there stay. Yeah. It said, go. Yeah. Take charge. You know, making disciples. And that's, that's not easy, especially in today's age. You know, I'm not saying they had it easy back then either. Yeah. You know, you look at the persecution and stuff like that, but making disciples um, is it's tough. You know, relationships and different things like people let you down and people, you know, and that's that's where the that's where the Holy Spirit comes in and yeah. he's he's active in your life. He allows he helps you go through those those things. He he gives you wisdom. He gives you knowledge. Yes, you know, the healing power. You, yeah. you know, all the all these different things, the gifts of the Spirit are all activated through Holy Spirit. Right. All right, guys. Well, we've had a great discussion on, you know, not only the biblical definition of a man, but the importance of a Holy Spirit-filled man. Um, and I pray that this this encourages you and it empowers you. And if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, if you're not a Spirit-filled man, that you seek it, um, not because of your own um, agenda, but to become closer to God, to equ be equipped to be a godly, courageous man for the kingdom of God. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just want to add, you know, don't just take our word for what you heard on here. Go and study this out. Study the biblical right. definition of a man. Study what it, uh, characteristics of a biblical man. Uh, study the Holy Spirit. Study the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, and what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Study the book of Acts. Yeah, best book there is. All right, guys, we, we, we love you and we thank you and we appreciate you and we hope that this it, it helps equip you and empower you to go forth and go.
You've been listening to the Real Men Talk podcast from the Palace of Praise Church in Poplar Bluff. If you are a man ages 16 and up and would like to join the conversation, join us here at the Palace of Praise on Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. in room 400. If you don't have a home church, you are invited to join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. for worship at the Palace of Praise located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff. New episodes of Real Men Talk drop every Thursday night at 5 p.m. on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Anchor FM, Spotify, or any place you get your podcasts. Real Men Talk is a production of Palace Media Services.